Good morning. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Good to have you this morning. We uh, this time here we use for it's called class coffee and conversate. And uh, somebody brought up there like, is conversate actually a word? And, and uh, I was like, it is now. So <laughs> we we wanted to make it uh, make it a word, but we want not only to uh, conversate between ourselves, but we want to fellowship with each other. But we want to fellowship with God too. So we want to conversate with Him. The last two weeks we've used this time and we've prayed most of the time. I think we'll do some prayer as well today. But uh, we generally will do some teaching or some prayer or whatever the Lord uh, leads us to do in this time. And uh, today I want you to turn to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. You can also turn to, hold your place in, Colossians 3 and Romans 8. But that's, you know, you can find that later. I'll tell you, I'll tell it to you again. Yeah, I just wanted to mimic some great preachers that tell you 50 verses and expect you to remember and not hold them all there. So, <laughs> so uh, 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy, excuse me, chapter 2 and verse 3. Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you, Father, for your word, Lord. We just thank you for your love that's poured out in us. We praise you for it. God, you are so good. You're so good to us. Lord, we receive everything with thanksgiving, and we just praise you for it. Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Lord, we know this week there's probably been things that we didn't even know about that you protected us, and we had no idea. As a matter of fact, we pretty much know that without your protection, without your power, without your authority, the devil would try to run rampant, rampant, and the only thing that he sets out to do is to steal, kill, and destroy. So without a doubt, you have been in the business of protecting us this week. And so, Father, we appreciate that. We thank you, we worship you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, last uh, Sunday, we were planning on doing the Spiritual Fitness 101, and we didn't do that. We ended up, and I just called the message Options, and the thought of that message was this, is that uh, in order for us to operate in love, we have to have an option. In other words, there has to be a choice. In other words, if I'm going to operate in love, uh, and you, if you force me to only do one thing, I'm not in love. I'm being forced, you see. I'm operating basically by fear. For love, there has to be a choice, right? So the Lord has given us a choice. The Lord has given us a choice to accept him or not, to go to heaven or go to hell. He's given us that choice. A lot of people ask the question, why do bad things happen? Why is this and that? Because otherwise, the Lord would be forcing you against your own will. You know, sometimes we get to the realization that God's so good, Lord, I want you to make choices for me. I want you to make, make things happen for me. But here's the thing, that's not the order of God because he's given in Psalms, I believe it's 115, it says that the earth he's given unto the sons of men, or he's given it to humanity. Okay, so here's the thing. The earth is given in your authority, your authority. 
And God's not going to change that. If he goes, he starts sidestepping that and forcing things into your life and even forcing good things into your life, he's breaking his word. He breaks his word, the devil knows it, he takes over, and then he ruins everything. So which is better, everything being ruined or you having a choice? Which is better, you being a, a godly robot or you being a choice? You like? I knew you'd like that. I knew you'd like that. Or you having a choice. Because if you're just a godly robot, you're not, you're not operating love. So love has a choice. But, when we were talking about options last week, here's the thing. When we are born again, it, the word says that our life is hidden in Christ. Okay? When we're born again, we need to say, look, my old self has died, and where did it? It died with Jesus and was raised back up. My old self was worthy of the hell that I was going to get, literally. I mean, it was worthy of that. I had, we as a humanity, we as a people, had messed up, right? And we deserved something that we didn't want. And when Christ came and he saved us, all of a sudden, it's kind of like this. Have you ever heard of, of war stories where a guy goes in and he saves another soldier's life and then that soldier for the rest of his life feels like he would not be alive without the person who saved him. So they will. I'm going to do everything I can to give you my life. And so they're always there for him. They're always, and, and most of the time, the one who saved him, they don't want them to be completely after their life. But it is this thing, there's this feeling inside of humanity that says, hey, I'm still alive because of you. I owe you. And Paul actually brings it up in Scripture and he says, don't you realize that you owe this? You have this debt where Christ has saved you. Now, here's the thing. In love, it's not something that God makes you do. It's not something. God doesn't say, go and now you will serve me. The rest of it. He doesn't do that. He opens up the choice. The difference is, love says this. Love says, I have a choice, but I don't choose to see it as a choice. I choose to see my life in the hands of God. Lord, direct me, lead me, and I will follow. And so love on our part says there's no option there. I don't have a choice. My job is to do whatever the Father leads me to do. And so I don't have, when I understand, and, and here's, the, here's the problem. If you really don't know and don't have a revelation of what Jesus did for you, you probably don't feel that way. So what does that say about our culture? What does that say about our society? We really don't have a full revelation of what Christ has done for us. Otherwise, we would be sitting there going, what else can I do for you? What else can I do for you? What else can I do for you? How, how would you lead me? How, how can I serve you more today, Father? What can I do? See, if we really saw the fullness of what he did, we would be acting more like that. We would have revelation of, man, I owe him everything. And I know he's not making me do it. But I'm making myself. I'm not leaving myself any options. I'm going to serve God. He loves me that much. When I was helpless, when I was sinners, when I was enemies, 
That's when he paid the price. That's when he died. That's when he gave me love that, that wasn't conditional. That's when he loved on me with a love I wasn't loving myself with. That's when he showed me what true love is. And I owe him everything. I have my life because of him. And so because of that, I do decide to make a choice. And my choice is I see no other options but to follow him and let him be my Lord, be the director of my life. That's the only option I recognize. That's the only one I give any credence to. That is it. That's the only option there is if I really understand what God's done for me. And so, do we really have, do we really have options? Yes, we have options. But as Christians, should we see the options? No, we shouldn't see the options. We should say, man... I don't, because of what he's done for me, I don't see any. So we were looking at this scripture, 2 Timothy 2.3, and it says, suffer hardship with me, this is in the New American Standard, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You know, one of the things you know, in the military, I, I think I said this last week, I didn't really realize uh, that when I went into boot camp that, the military was going to teach me how to live godly. <laughs> that was not one of my thoughts. <laughs> it was not really something I expected. But yet, when I came, I came out of there understanding more about the kingdom of God than I ever had before as I started to look back and ponder and reflect on that time. And one of the things is this, is that I understand how the kingdom operates. The only difference is the kingdom of God operates in love, whereas our military today basically operates on the basis of fear. Okay? So when we come in here, if this was a military institution, and it was, and it was which you have to understand, it really is just in the spirit. But if it was a worldly military institution, I would basically, as head of this organization, I would be receiving my commands down. I would pass them to you. And if, if it was based out of fear, you would have to do them. You would be made to do those things. Otherwise, you'd get in big trouble. Big trouble. Okay? You'd be in that place. <laughs> But because this isn't, basically what happens is I receive commands, I receive vision from heaven, and I pass it on, and I'm trusting that you love God enough to take the options out of your options and do only what's, what the Lord has left to do. And it happens in this successful or not based off of whether or not you do that. It's based off of whether or not you choose to love God or not. Your life is spiritually successful based off of whether or not you see the commands that have come down from heaven and you choose in love to do those things. That's what makes you successful is when you actually choose to do those things. So he says this, suffer hardship, and the hardship is the flesh, is putting down the flesh mostly, uh, with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So what should we view our uh, setting with God as? Should we view our setting as, eh, I can do whatever, or should we view our setting as, I've got a mission? It says, as a good soldier. It says, let's do it as a good soldier. 
So how should we view, what's the proper view that God's given us to look at these things as? We need to view it as there's no other option but to do what command has ordered us to do. But he always gives you that choice. And the truth of the matter is the church has really not done a great job in times past simply because they haven't picked up this choice. They haven't seen this as an option. They're like, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't telling me. You're not running my life. No, he's not running your life. That's why it's not working. When you decide that he loves you more than you love yourself, then you're going to recognize that he's never going to do anything but place you in a place to be blessed. He's always, he's always given you anything God presents to you is always opportunity. Always. Why? Because his love demands that. If he didn't love you, then maybe some things would be good, some things would be bad. But because he loves you, if he tells you something, it is always going to be better than your choice. And so when we start to view that like that, then we will trust what he says. Say, you know what? I really don't feel like doing this, but because he knows what's going on, he sees big picture, he has everything lined up, I'm going to do these things. He says, verse 4, No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlists him as a a soldier. Now, who enlisted you as a soldier? God did. Jesus did. We're doing things to please God, please Jesus, please the Holy Spirit. We're doing these things, and in order to please him, one of the things that he says is, all right, to please me, don't entangle yourself in the affairs of everyday life. Look, the world is entangled in all this stuff. God just says this. He, he wraps it all up in Matthew 6.33 that says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all that stuff, all those things will be added unto you. He says, I got your stuff. Don't worry about that. Just go after me. But what happens is we'll go after the stuff, go after the comfort, you know, uh, go after everything, things that will make us safe. Uh, you know, God will lead you into places that people will not call safe. It will be safe because you're in God, but he'll lead you in places that people will say, that's not safe. He'll lead you in places that don't look like provision, yet they are. He'll lead Jesus to the wilderness or Philip to the wilderness. Wilderness, mm, desert, that doesn't look like provision. And yet he expects us to go and by faith to plant life and to bring life to a place that was dry. He'll bring provision if we'll simply be obedient. And so when we entangle ourselves with, all right, let's go get all these things ourselves instead of going after God, we entangle ourselves with the things of the world and things that the world thinks is important. All of a sudden we step out of being a good soldier and we step out of pleasing God. And we step out of our own provision. So God's saying, go after me. All that stuff's taken care of. It's handled. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1, Colossians 3.1. It says there, Therefore, 
if you have been raised up with Christ, well, have you been raised up with Christ? If you've been born again, if you have accepted Him as your Lord, and you have been uh, born again, it says in Ephesians chapter 2 that you have been raised up with Christ. So, he says, if you've been raised up with Christ, which if you've been born again, this has happened, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So are we seeking the things below on the earth, or are we seeking the things above? You know, I, I've noticed there's been, um, over the years that we've been here, We've had several people that have come through, and when they came in, uh, they had very little things. You know, maybe no job, maybe no vehicle, uh, maybe no home. Uh, we've had several several different people through the years. And, and I've noticed that as people came in, there have been some that came and stayed, and some that came and left. And I've noticed that the ones that stuck around, all of a sudden, God added to he added blessings. Now, after that, they could mess up. They could, you know, they could go back and do other things wrong and stuff like that. But I've noticed, in other words, when they keep seeking the things of God and doing and being obedient to what he said, God blesses them. And it's not necessarily that God blesses them because of that. God's already pronounced the blessing ahead of time that says, if you'll seek me, you'll have these things. And so when they start seeking God, it just goes into effect. It just starts working. All of a sudden, it starts working. But it comes from a, a humble heart, a heart of humility that says, I'm going to go after God. I'm, I'm going to go after him, and I really don't care what my life looks like at this point because I trust him to fix whatever needs fixing. I'm just going to give myself to him humbly, in humility, Lord I need you, I want you, and I have you. And I thank you. Lord, I, I need you, I want you, and, and by your word, when I apply faith, I have you, and now I thank you. Now, any one of us, no matter what your present position is, you start taking on that attitude, and the things of God are already pre-programmed to work for you, to work in your life. It's very important that we come into it with a humble heart. So he says in verse 2, Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. In other words, set your mind on only one choice. Don't present yourself with two choices. Don't present yourself with two options. Set your mind on one option, and that's God. You know, as a soldier... Do what you might consider hard. Apply some discipline to your life. Don't be entangled in the world. Set your mind. Verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When it says you have died, that means I have put down the old man, the old ways. I'm, uh, that old man, that messed up junk is now dead in Christ. And I have new life. And, and here's the question. If it's hidden in Christ, where do I find it? In Christ. Where do I find the life that I so, so dearly want? In Christ. Where do I find that life? In Jesus. 
So the more I go into Jesus, the more I get into Jesus, what am I going to find there? Life. What do I need? What's the answer to the problems that I'm facing right now? Life. I need more life. And if I need more life, then what do I really need? I need more Jesus. I need to abide more in Him. Stop abiding in the things of the world. Stop thinking on those things. Set my mind on things above. See myself as not having any other options but Christ. And it's not something that God's sitting there holding you under His thumb and making you do. He's, he's saying, hey, here's the choices. Even now, even as my child, I still give you the choice. What I'm telling you is, the best thing you can do is not see yourself as having any choices. Ditch the world, focus on me, and I've got blessings already lined up for you. Amen? So as options, options, we have them, but we don't need to pay attention to them. So let's just pray right now. We're going to pray about those options and pray about yourself personally, and then we're going to transition into praying for the service that's coming up here in a few minutes. So, Father, right now, we just thank you. Lord, you have already laid out the path for us. What we need is Jesus. What we need is more of you. We need more of Jesus. Lord, we need the life that's found in Christ. Lord, we need that. And so, Father, in order to step into that life, and, and, and not just to step into it because we need it, but to step into it because we love you. We have a choice to love you or not. And loving on you means... Not only are we blessed in the process, you're blessed, you're ministered to, but because your system is to, that we are blessed to be a blessing, not only when we are blessed are we and God blessed, but people around us are overflowed into as well. So the responsibility to see no options, the responsibility to set our eyes on you and to find life in you involves us you and people all around us, our family, our friends, our co-workers. How important then is it, Father, for us to go after you? It's of the world's importance. So, Father, we just receive that now. We, we declare in Jesus' name, just declare this with me. Just say, Jesus, I accept you. You are the Lord of my life. You're the director. I let you direct me. I believe that God raised you from the dead and brought you back to life and raised you up and raised me with you. And now we are seated spiritually in heavenly places far above all the problems. Father, we receive it right now. Yes, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Right now, Father, we just declare that we are a people that have an option of love, and in that love choose to see no options, but to give you everything. To be a good soldier, to not be entangled 
with the affairs of this life, but to just seek you, knowing that, that even as we do that because of our love towards you, you, because of your love towards us, are handling all of the issues that we have. We just seek you and we praise you, Lord. We praise you. We love you. Thank you, Father, for options. Thank you, Father, for showing us the right options, the option of love. Father, we dedicate ourselves right now and we just say that we become a people that sees your things as the only option. We won't turn back from that, but we'll keep going forward. 